As one of America's largest financial services companies, Nationwide makes simplicity a priority so financial professionals can help their clients achieve their retirement goals. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. The global appetite for data is growing faster than ever. And no matter what statistics you use to describe it, big data is big business. We believe 150 billion devices will be connected by 2025, and more than 175 zettabytes of data will be created. Every 18 months, the data that is produced by the world is double. We started talking about petabytes and exabytes, and now we're talking about zettabytes. It's a near unimaginable explosion in data and companies just don't know how to manage and secure all this new information. There's also a growth in the nature and location of data as well, you know, expanding beyond structured data to unstructured data. We're looking at 500 plus billion in revenue in a market that several years ago or a decade ago didn't really exist. And that's going to 3x to 1.5 trillion in 2030. Are there room for more players in what has been an already pretty competitive space? What you see right now is that the big players are the biggest names in tech. You have behemoths like Microsoft, Google, Amazon is the big three. But the great thing about cloud and the public clouds, the private clouds, is that it allows a lot of innovation to happen. HPE is a big name tech company with a mission to innovate and compete in the cloud. CEO Antonio Neri told Romain Bostic why he chose Tarek Robiati as CFO to drive this transformation. When you play sports, you want different type of skills and, and capacities in many ways that uh, they all together can deliver a better performance. Mm -hmm. And it starts by will to win. And when I became CEO, I realized I needed a different type of uh, CFO. Somebody is way more strategic, not just on the accounting side, but really think about how we can deliver right. that value in a different way. Gone are the days where the CFO is just a scorekeeper. I think our role as CFOs is to be the person who assists the CEO change the score. What he had that attracted me was about the transformation experience. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he has more than two decades as a, as a global leader. We're both Italians, by the way, okay. at the core, yeah. which I think is a benefit. We can communicate the same yeah, language, yeah. and we can argue against each other, but always in a constructive way. Simpatica, bravo. As CFO, um, I would assume that you're always in a position where sometimes you have to say no to him. Do you say no to him? Ultimately, decision-making ownership is his. He's the CEO of the company. He's the boss. He's my boss. At the same time, I want to make sure that I watch his back. Tarek Robiati is HPE's chief financial officer and also oversees the company's strategic function. Being the head of strategy, he does a lot of the market scanning, looking at the trends, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's three, five, ten years. And that's why we combine both the CFO with the head of strategy, because in the end, it has to deliver shareholder value. Mm -hmm. And then we hone into what are the big trends, where to play and how to win. Think about it this way. We are like biologists. We need to deeply understand the financial DNA of a company, and we need to take the proactive steps that prevented it from aging. Finance is the lifeblood of any organization. Just like for a human being, you have to have your heart functioning. We have to be there providing the information that allows us to continue to create value for our shareholders and making sure that our customers get what they want.
2015, the Hewlett-Packard Corporation split into two separate companies. HP Inc. primarily makes devices from desktop and laptop computers to printers, tablets, and point-of-sale systems. Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, or HPE, provides information technology solutions. In 2019, CEO Antonio Neri announced that the company would pivot from a focus on servers and on-site storage systems to its cloud software-as-a-service platform, GreenLake. HPE calls it a hybrid cloud platform, not just storing data in the cloud, but managing it across myriad locations. When I became CEO in 2018, I said that the enterprise of the future will be edge-centric, meaning where we live, where we work, mm -hmm. cloud-enabled and data-driven. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we saw through the pandemic is that the enterprise became way more distributed, mm -hmm. people working everywhere. Right. And at the same time, data became the most important asset that customers have. Explain for a second the difference between the edge there, why that is sort of more useful, and the idea of a more centralized sort of cloud system that I thought a lot of companies, at least at one point, were embracing. Well, if you think about, we live now in a hyper-connected world. Mm -hmm. Everything is connected. To digitize your enterprise, you need to be connected. It's cheaper to move the cloud to the data, mm -hmm. and by the way, more secure, right. than moving data to the cloud. And that's where we as a company, we are creating the capability to consume cloud services at the edge in your data center on a bigger cloud. There was a view, and there still is that view, that the whole world is gonna to move to the public cloud. We think the world is fundamentally going to be hybrid. The edge is where everything happens, is where people generate data or companies generate data. Think about, for example, logistics companies. How much data is being generated in harbors, in, in railroads, in warehouses? And the world we live in will be a world which will be much more automated than ever before. So warehouses are gonna fundamentally change. They're gonna be powered by robots. Those robots will be very quickly picking up the items in the warehouse that are required and then reshuffle what's in the warehouse. That actual processing requires data analysis locally where the action happens, transmission of that data over a secured network onto a central point or multiple central points for that matter, and made sense of, right? So that is the whole, the, the whole idea that uh, we're after. With more data to organize in more places, businesses are moving swiftly to digitize their information infrastructure. Corporate spending on IT soared in 2021, and even if global growth slows, that trend is not likely to reverse. How do you operate that environment if we are facing recessionary headwinds? What we're seeing with IT spending is we're expecting flattening to single-digit growth, but cloud computing will largely be unaffected by that given the explosive nature of data. Organizations simply need cloud. Companies that once invested heavily in devices and data center servers may now seek more flexibility from software that can be upgraded as new needs arise. That's the bet HPE's making as it pivots to software as a service. When you hear the word as a service, so many companies throw that out, something as a service, is that just a buzzword? At the core, it's a different business model. At the heart of it, there is this contract with a service level agreement that ties the two parties for a specific solution. The solution allows the customer to manage the infrastructure 
and secure a specific business outcome under certain performance conditions. We manage the infrastructure on your behalf, we grow and expand that infrastructure as your need grow and expand in turn. And so the degree of customer intimacy is a quantum leap uh, above the transactional world. With a different business model comes a different metric for measuring success. Annualized run rate, or ARR, has become the focus for Tarek Robiati and his finance team. The ARR is critically important. The ARR is actually measuring the amount of our revenue that is locked in and recurring with our customer base. And to the extent that the, our ARR is going fast, the more robust the future of the company is. And on GreenLake, we have to grow customers, we have to grow the revenue we make from those customers, and the ARR is the annualized run rate of revenue that you have from one period to the next. If your offer has a perennial future, it translates into a growing ARR. This is the way for us to truly understand that we remain relevant for our customers over the long term. What about margins? When you hear from some of these analysts, these investors here, they're still dialed in on gross margin, some of the more traditional metrics? Gross margin for me is the most important metric in our sector. Right? It's fundamentally, if you think about our, our business, which comes from a hardware heritage moving into as a service and with hardware commoditizing, you have to have a focus on gross margins. And as you can see from our results over the past nine, 10 quarters, our gross margin has been expanding very, very solidly. That actually tells you that your customers are willing to pay a premium for what you have to offer. And so what you want to see is a combination of ARR with gross margin expansion and the ARR composition becoming richer and richer with more differentiation thanks to software. That's the journey that we are on. You need to remind people that 75% of our profits are, are deferred, mm -hmm. which means we don't need the in-period profit to deliver. Mm -hmm. So that's an opportunity because we have an amazing uh, profit pool called HP Point Next, mm -hmm. now being supplemented with HP Green Lake, mm -hmm. which we already have more than $6 billion in the balance sheet growing at 100 plus percent every quarter. Supply chain challenges and geopolitical turmoil have weighed on earnings in 2022. But with demand for its software continuing to grow and a record-breaking backlog of orders, HPE has cause for optimism. Meanwhile, surging inflation remains a wild card as the company tries to attract subscribers and maintain margins. We have had to think about inflation permeating across what we do in what we purchase and whether it's goods or services, we've seen rising costs. We had to therefore be much more disciplined on pricing than ever before. This is not easy and this is also something that has to adjust because you cannot keep pricing uh, increasing uh, all the time. So you've got to be very dynamic in the way you think about pricing uh, moving forward. Nobody ever says make it complicated. That is why Nationwide makes simplicity a priority by providing financial professionals with straightforward, client-ready resources. From clear strategies to help clients meet retirement savings and income needs, to ways to cover rising healthcare costs and more. Nationwide simplifies planning so more time can be spent helping clients. Nationwide is on your side. Nationwide Investment Services Corporation, member FINRA, Columbus, Ohio. HPE Chief Financial Officer Tarek Robiati originally trained as a scientist, earning a master's degree in nuclear physics and electronics. He told Romain Bostic how those studies set him on his professional path. 
it did prepare me in terms of my analytical capabilities, but there was a moment in my career where I felt it was really important that I hone my financial skills. And then eventually I had to do a, an MBA um, majoring in finance and strategic uh, analysis and entrepreneurship. I discovered finance as a discipline. I loved it. And ever since then, I became a finance person. Highlights from Robiotti's resume include a stint with Lehman Brothers in London, and later, experience as CEO, first with the telecommunications firm CSL in Hong Kong, and then with Australian financial services company Flexi Group. He came to the U.S. to serve as CFO at Sprint, leading the company's turnaround efforts. I was very lucky I had the opportunity to uh, work in Europe, um, Australia, uh, New Zealand, Asia, and the United States. So um, I'm truly a global citizen. People ask me where is home. My answer to that question is home is where I'm not. Home for HPE is now just outside Houston, Texas, where the company opened its new global headquarters this spring. For CEO Antonio Neri, the campus is a passion project. I love design, I love art, and I felt this was a unique opportunity for me to start with a blank sheet of paper. This was a piece of land, nothing. There was nothing here. And it's remarkable in, in two years we were able to build this 500,000 square feet site. Uh, with a unique experience digitally enabled in everything we do. HPE has an abandoned Silicon Valley. A number of employees and business units remain based in the Bay Area. But Neri and Robiotti believe the expanded presence in Texas strengthens the company operationally, financially, and culturally. We felt that we had a lot of opportunity to streamline and make the company way more efficient. The reason to move here is to get the best of both worlds. Having a presence here in Texas allows us to recruit and retain talent, particularly on the diverse side of the house. Right. People don't yeah. realize that Houston, Texas is the most diverse city in the United States. In this side, we have a 25 megawatts data center where a lot of the development gets done from all over the world. The energy cost is significantly cheaper here than California. I will not be able to sustain that in California. What we're seeing in a more macro environment is that corporations are looking at locations that have a healthier business environment from taxation to regulation. They're looking for places that they can find new talent. IT talent is scarce. What we're finding is that access to talent is still the biggest bottleneck to productivity. And so companies on an increasing basis, whether it's Texas or other places in the United States or, or even globally, are working more towards this hub and spoke model where they might have a, a center of excellence or, or a hub in one individual city outside of the main headquarters. And increasingly, we're finding that ha is happening outside of Silicon Valley. It, it was a big decision, um, but it actually, if you put it in the context as to uh, why we made the decision, it actually made sense. So. Um, we had a long-standing presence here in, in Houston for the past, I would say, 20-some years mm -hmm. since the compact merger. We bought a piece of land. We started building this building. And um, in doing so, we had to also recalibrate how we were building it because the pandemic hit us. And we thought about recreating a work environment that is very, very different, that is catered for this new structural way of working, which we call Edge to Office, where people don't always come to the office to work, can work remotely from their homes, their edges, but have to come back to the office for specific reasons, such as uh, team meetings, customer meetings, and in general collaboration. With regards to the hybrid work model, do you see that some, as, as something that will persist longer term when the pandemic is long gone? 
Yes, no question, this will persist. And I think we are witnessing right now a societal change in the way we work. You're no longer going to measure productivity in the same way as in the past. You're going to be focusing on outputs. Never mind what people do in their private times, it doesn't really matter to a company as long as the output is there. HPE launched its Edge to Office hybrid work initiative in the fall of 2020. The new campus is designed with that flexible model in mind. We have to admit that the pandemic has had its toll on mental health in the workforce across the world. And so it's really incumbent on us employers to make sure that we create an environment where our employees feel at ease to come to work, they feel supported, and that's why we created the environment that you see. Between this the indoor with two amazing buildings and outdoor amenities, mm -hmm. we have a truly um, you know, experience for their employees that they can host customers, they can innovate, they can mm -hmm. collaborate, they can socialize. Mm -hmm. And we have so many events. And I will say the one difference between here in California, this is way more community driven. So we have a lot of events here, yeah. uh, like the famous chili uh, cook event. HP's annual chili cook-off allows Tarek Robiati to indulge in one of his favorite hobbies. The finance chief is also an avid chef. Cooking has a lot of parallels with finance and being a CFO. There's a lot of indirect satisfaction. Yeah. You know, you, you, only, you only know that you're doing a good job when you see other people recognizing it. And there's nothing better than when you serve a nice meal to your friends or family who come over. I love to do that. It's hard work, but it's, it's nice. As HPE moves forward with its strategy to deliver software as a service and gain subscribers on the GreenLake platform, its growth in customer demand is encouraging. But supply chain disruptions have slowed the company's ability to fulfill those orders. It's a problem that's plagued many industries since the onset of the pandemic, compounded by the war in Ukraine. Nobody, including HPE, is going to have an easy time with the supply chain. I mean, we started the just-in-time concept in the 70s, and it's taking years for organizations to back their way out of that and find a more distributed supplier base, a more local supplier. Tarek Robiati can't wave a wand and clear the backlog all at once. He told Romain Bostic he's focused on long-term solutions. The world is no longer flat, and that's a practical reality we have to reckon. And in that context, therefore, it's really important that we get close to where our customers are. And so we have to rethink our network of uh, manufacturing plants. We have to rethink our network of our suppliers. And I think the whole world and the whole IT industry has to find a new equilibrium with supply chains that are designed for speed, resiliency, and cost, as opposed to just be inefficient and designed around cost. Our goal is to create a supply chain that is very much designed for optimal visibility at every point in time of where components are, where the working progress products are, and have the ability to shift production and materials in different continents where we operate. So for example, we invested in a manufacturing plant in the Czech Republic because it made a lot of sense for us to have a presence in Europe. This is a really a new reality that we have to navigate. It's not like we went backwards on capacity. Mm -hmm. In fact, capacity has been added. The issues that demand has outpaced any capacity that we ever imagined. Mm -hmm. So now we need to add capacity. Also, we need to transition some of the technologies to the newer nodes, mm -hmm. and that takes time. Tarek Robiati will play a key role for HPE as it retools to face new challenges. Romain Bostic asked him what skills a CFO needs to truly succeed as a chief future officer. 
the first quality you need to look for a CFO is almost stable stakes, right? It's integrity. And it's not about being honest or, or dishonest. Of course, we're all honest. But it's integrity of thought in the way you present the fact base, which is the data. If you don't have that in a CFO, stop looking, move on, right? That's the first and foremost thing. The second most important thing is the ability to be strategically agile. It's absolutely critical to be injecting in the work that a CFO performs a strategic thinking. The third, I would say, if you think about it in these terms, we are a little bit the stewards of the resources of the company for the company and for the CEO. We've got to make sure that resource allocation is up to scratch and that we are allocating resources where there is the biggest return possible. And finally, we also have to be coaches. We have to coach our colleagues and team members, and my job, the way I think about it, is we have to shine the spotlight on their strength, but also, at the same time, make sure that we understand our weaknesses and are clear about the areas that we need to improve. So a lot of the CFO job is to distill what I simply would say is tough love. It's about being tough where it matters and also be encouraging in other circumstances. What's the opportunity here for HPE over the next 10 years? The opportunity for HPE over, over the next 10 years is to redefine the industry. And because we firmly believe with Antonio that the future of the industry is edge to cloud. And I think that there will be a growing acceptance, and it starts already, you have evidence of it, that the future is hybrid and that the future of an enterprise is to become essentially a digital service provider. The pandemic has taught us that the enterprises who performed the best during that period were the ones who had digitized their business models. And for an enterprise to digitize their business models, they have to think about it edge to cloud and where the company to help them doing so. What do you think is going to be the main challenge for HPE over the next 10 years? Well, I would say the main challenge is ourselves. We have to really be recognizing that the opportunity is there for the taking and we have to go after it resolutely and, and fast. Uh, we, we can't really wait, be complacent, and not execute um, aggressively to capture the opportunity. So it's down to us, really, and we think with, with the right focus and with the right team, we can get there. How do you expect your role as CFO to change over the next 10 years? My role is, is constantly in, in, in change mode. If you start with the view that the world is in constant change and you have to adapt, you have to anticipate on what comes next. Uh, strategic thinking is very key for that purpose. You also have to make sure that your team is geared towards it, that you understand the demands that this constant change puts on the team. And then you also have to continue to polish your stamina, build the grit that you need to continue to, to uh, navigate the journey. For someone who maybe got promoted to CFO today, what would you tell them? Just for the first day on the job, what's the best advice you can give them? Enjoy it. Yeah. It's wonderful. You have a unique vantage point in any company to truly understand what's going on. No one else in the company has access to the data that tells you what's going on. Have fun. For Romaine Bostic, I'm Taylor Riggs. This is Bloomberg.